You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpel965.com. In 2005, a bunch of community activists in Berkeley, California, tried to force the local school board to change the name of Jefferson Elementary School. Berkeley was radical, wacko leftist back then, but the idea of getting rid of the name Jefferson Elementary was just too extreme, even for the liberal school board back then. And now how times have changed. Last week, the Berkeley Unified School District Board approved a resolution in support of Black Lives Matter. And as a result of the unanimous vote, Jefferson Elementary will get his name changed. Thomas Jefferson is out of there. And a school named for George Washington, Washington Elementary, will also get its name changed. Now, never mind that George Washington was the father of our country who led America through revolutionary war that changed the world for the cause of liberty and freedom. Never mind that Washington did what few would do. He gave up power. They wanted to make him king. He said no. Never mind that Thomas Jefferson's role in writing the Declaration of Independence, his service as our first Secretary of State or his own historic presidency. Both these guys were slaveholders and that is enough reason to stamp out their names. Our history means nothing to leftists. The only thing that matters to them is erasing it. They don't know that they really can't. Just because you can write does not qualify you to be a best-selling author. And the same logic applies to identity theft protection. You may be good at monitoring your credit, but that doesn't make you an authority on identity theft. Data breaches, your personal information gets in the wrong hands. This becomes complicated stuff. Cyber criminals commit identity theft every day. Now, on your own, you could miss certain identity threats, like somebody taking out a payday loan in your name, for instance. Or your information stolen as part of a data breach put out there on the dark web for other cyber bad guys to use for their own selfish gain. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft, but let me tell you, LifeLock has the tools and the know-how to help you like no other. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com, promo code RUSH. That's it. LifeLock.com, promo code RUSH, 25%. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette. They are supposed to surrender today. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The cop who shot Rayshard Brooks and another officer both now charged in Atlanta. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. That's body cam footage right after the shooting, which happened after Brooks resisted arrest and took an officer's taser in the struggle and pointed it at him. But D.A. Paul Howard Jr. says... Mr. Brooks never presented himself as a threat. Fox's Heaven Brown has more live. Yeah, Dave. Garrett Rolfe, the now-fired Atlanta police officer who shot Rayshard Brooks, is now charged with 11 crimes, including felony murder. But his attorney, Lance LaRusso, told Fox the prosecutor is ignoring the fact Brooks resisted arrest, stole that taser, 
and fired that taser. They should be focused on is why it changed from a cordial conversation to a violent assault on two law enforcement officers at the moment that Mr. Brooks knew he was going to jail. Now, the second officer is charged with aggravated assault. A high number of Atlanta police officers called out sick last night, though the department denies there was any mass walkout, Dave. Evan, President Trump told Fox's Hannity, Atlanta's a terrible situation, and as for the murder trial... I hope he gets a fair shake, because police have not been treated fairly in our country. The president also told Fox, John Bolton is breaking the law, claiming there's classified information in the book that the Justice Department is trying to block from being released next Tuesday. Bolton just told ABC... I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. Excerpts are already out from the ex-National Security Advisor's book. Suggesting impeachment hearings should have gone beyond Ukraine, alleging the agricultural deal with China was all about re-election. Bolton says the president was willing to intervene in foreign investigations, quote, to in effect give personal favors to dictators he liked, adding the pattern looked like obstruction of justice as a way of life. Fox's Griff Jenkins, America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Several Confederate monuments have been torn down on the anti-police protests in Richmond, Virginia. And today a judge will consider whether to extend an order not to remove General Robert E. Lee's statue from Richmond, the coronavirus has been spiking up lately in several states with record new cases from Arizona to Texas to Florida. The CDC is urging us, in addition to being socially distant, to wear a cloth mask in public, bring sanitizer, and also carry tissues for things like doorknobs. President Trump tells Fox's Hannity he believes the pandemic is eventually going to fade away. We won't be closing the country again. We won't have to do that. He says his administration's working closely with state and local officials to tamp down COVID-19 hotspots. But Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden says far too many people are still dying from the disease. 750 fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, uncles, aunts, husbands, wives, children dying every day. Biden's calling for far more testing for the disease as well as increased protections for workers. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. A day after the president's executive order on police reform, Congress took up the issue. House Democrats advanced their bill in committee while Senate Republicans unveiled theirs and the president turned his attention to an issue in the military. President Trump rolling out a plan to prevent military veterans and service members from dying by suicide. 20 veterans and service members take their own lives every Every single day, the loss of our heroes 
breaks our hearts and pains our souls. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, that rate is one and a half times that of the general population. The president's plan includes increasing public awareness, improving training in workplaces, and creating a national public health campaign, which would prioritize suicide surveillance and research. That's John Decker. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on Newstalk 96.5 Cape Hill. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie John said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Now, Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house was some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now, most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the band plays. 
State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation. There's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the, the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant and bar. Browning says the state fire marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, but the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple of days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, that they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that, and if others will do that, I, I think we would have a lot more compliance, and, and then we, people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards, who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt Doyle. It's 710. Your weather report coming up is brought to you by the T.J. Martell Foundation. Join the T.J. Martell Foundation in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS. Your support helps save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org. Pretty typical summertime pattern across Acadiana this afternoon. Highs topping out at around 90 degrees with a few scattered showers and storms mainly along our coastal parishes this afternoon, but otherwise partly cloudy. Lows tonight dropping into the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees under mainly clear skies. And looking at a little bit of a drier Friday, rain chances only about 10% as highs once again top out in the lower 90s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Hi, I'm Blakely Kirkpatrick. And I'm Leighton Kirkpatrick. Stronger together. Safer apart. A pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the public for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Have a good day, Katie. It's open enrollment season, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that saves most families about $500 a month. Google MediShare and see if it's a fit for you. Seven fourteen. Welcome into Acadiana's Morning News and Lafayette Live with Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you, and I love that Pledge of Allegiance. I heard it in my Jeep when I was driving over here. Yes, uh, you wouldn't like it if your five-year-old and six-year-old are trying to negotiate a contract with the station for use of their <laughs> likeness. And you see? Man, I heard they have a tough agent, too. It yes. Takes, it takes the romance out of it. You Is know, it, yeah. just one of those things. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we're going to take your phone calls. And, of course, we have some emailed questions in as well. 232-1542 is the phone number. 232-1542. And we have someone to take your calls and pass them along to you. Yes. So 
Let's start, uh, Mayor President Guillory, with COVID-19. We had a few weeks we weren't talking about it. Yeah. We had a, over a month of consistent decline. Now we're seeing a rise in numbers. What's your take on it right now? I know there was some confusion a little bit earlier this week, but where are we now and, and what is your thought? What what do we need to be doing? Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And we, we have, um, I have a very simple message to all of our neighbors. We cannot be complacent. So this is still a very serious virus. I think what you're you're looking at or we're looking at is a lot of several factors one people are tired of being cooped up yeah i'm i can definitely uh, appreciate that um at the same time though we as local leaders uh here locally leaders at the state level and even the federal level Mm -hmm. we have to continue to learn while while we can't be complacent with the seriousness of the virus and seriousness of the disease state right we also can't get complacent with well how we reacted at first is is the norm right meaning shutting everything down shutting our economy yes that's not workable anymore you can't now at the time look you're facing a world pandemic absolutely new new threat new enemy if you're on the battlefield if you're in a business Mm -hmm. and you get something that that's uh, that, that you're not used to, mm-hmm. you got to take a tactical pause, assess the situation, evaluate mm-hmm. your options, and execute the, the plan that you have at the, I love at the moment. That. <laughs> I love how you're just so precise about that. That's, I think, very much appreciated well, by people. I appreciate it. Uncle Sugar gave me those, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, that training. <laughs> we do have some stores, like Costco is one that people talk about a lot, where you can't walk in without a mask. Um, I think initially there were some people who said, well, then I'm not just going to go there. Well, you know what? Sometimes you do need 11 pounds of goldfish. And so you got to go to Costco sometimes, you know, Um, now what I'm seeing is the parking lot is just as full. I was had to go two days ago to pick up a prescription and it looked like everyone was in compliance. Do you see that as something we may have to go to if we continue to see these upticks in numbers? There are some other places around the country that are not putting the mandate on the individual saying you're going to be fine if you're not wearing one but more the operating license for a business to, you know, a requirement would be that people wear masks, employees and customers. Sure. Is that and, a possibility, I guess, well, is what I'm asking. Everything's a possibility. Let, let's start off. I'm just answering the question yeah. that you asked. Yeah. Um, but it's not the likely possibility. And it, it's where, and, and I've said this from the beginning, the number one line of defense is me and you. The, the, the absolute most effective way to fight this virus is personal responsibility. Increase your hygiene, wash your hands frequently. When you think you washed your hands enough, wash them again. Mm-hmm. And, and Bern, you and I were joking one time. It's wash your hands like you just ate, uh, ate crawfish and you're about to take out a, a contact lens. But, but it, it's true. So personal responsibility. So it's look, different, different styles. Some governments across our country, maybe, um, maybe some state governments across our country want the government to make all the decisions for everybody. And, and override and, and, and kind of be that big brother approach. That's one mechanism. That's one. And look, initially, I issued emergency declarations, again, to evaluate the situation and make, make decisions for the future. We're past that part. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that the number one line of defense is me and you. you can't, there's no substitute for personal responsibility. Use yeah. common sense. Wash your hands. If you're in a big crowd... Find a way to separate if you have symptoms and and then also being a good neighbor. If you have uh, a cough, if you have if you're if you're prone to sneezing, Mm -hmm. if you have allergies, for example, if you just even start feeling kind of poorly, run down, et cetera. That's it. So Mm -hmm. those two are the best tools in the toolbox to fight this virus as we go forward. And not just this virus, but other world pandemics that we Mm -hmm. may see in the future. So it's still a balance. Now, there is still a role in government. So Mm -hmm. but again, we're we're talking about this particular situation. There may be other situations in the future where our tactics are a little different. But I know for this, 
we have got to learn. We have got at local level, state level, federal level. We understand now because we're look. We went through shutdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phase one. We're in phase two, and now we're seeing a spread. So th- there's certain things in nature that we just can't explain, but mm-hmm. and we can't control. But we can control washing our hands. We can control socially distance when when it's proper. We can control wearing a mask if you can't socially distance in large crowds during a world pandemic like mm-hmm. we're in right now. Because we're not out of this. So my message to everyone is we have the answers within us. However, this is still serious. So please take it serious and mm-hmm. let's not be complacent. I want to sum up some of the comments that I saw and just give you a, a chance to answer it. There are people who say you would downplay the numbers for politics. Would you? No, because there's certain, there's no, there is no, I was going to say, what is the, what would even be the upside? Right. I don't know what the advantage, I don't know the, I I, I don't even let my mind go there, Rob, to be honest with you, but, but just, just out of fun, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't even tell you uh, where, where the political strategy would be in that. But again, you know, then something like this. You got to take politics out of it, and that's and, and I'll, I'll tell to, to to evidence that I'm very appreciative of a governor that I didn't vote for. Okay, he worked he worked very hard during this, and he's still working very hard uh, during this this situation. His his office has been readily available. If I have questions as a, as a parish president or a mayor, mm-hmm. look, and they they if they don't answer right then and there, they get back to me really quick, and and I appreciate that because we're all trying to work together to keep our people safe at the same time juggle the importance of re- recovering economically. All right. Let's go to the phone line. Steve is waiting. He has a question or comment about COVID-19. Steve, if you could turn your radio down in the background, please, and go ahead with your question or comment for the mayor president. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I've got the radio off. I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Steve, are you there? There. There we go. Hey, Steve. Good morning, Steve. He's an amateur running the board today. I want to let y'all know. (laughs) I... I keep hearing all of the stuff about best practices, and and that I don't in, uh, hear anything about uh, mask actually being a really good practice. It's a feel good thing, but now they're talking about passive contact is not the m- major way you're going to pass this stuff on. And we anybody that didn't expect it, we're going to have an uptick once we got back to living life was a fool to start with. So you you know we're going to. So the stopgap measure of shutting the country down was just to get a handle on it. Now we got a handle on We need to deal with it, but we need not to do stupid stuff, just feel-good stuff. Masks do not do any good unless you're sick and spreading it to somebody else. That's the only time that it could do any good. It actually hurts you the other way. So. Mm. Anyway, that's my thought. Well, the CDC has changed their mind multiple times. I know for us and my family, because of the serious nature that I have in my family, that we were told when we're out in public in large groups of people, both of us need to be wearing masks. Uh, So for us, I know that's the thing for our family. Now, and I also know that other people, they're they're perfectly healthy and they don't feel like they want to wear a mask. and, And that's okay, too. Um, and what, weren't we also just talking about the story in the last hour with the person who was cutting hair? It was at a hair salon in Missouri. Yeah, talk she to us up, about that. Well, she ended up bit. being positive, never had symptoms, was positive. Her husband was like hospitalized, like a very serious case. Mm-hmm. She cut 140 people's hair. Mm-hmm. Masks were required, and not a single person got one. So, so there are the, some researchers. Yeah, none of the none customers, of her customers got it. So, okay. so Steve, respectfully, I would say 
maybe the jury's still out on a hunt how it is a hundred percent, but I well, don't think to say it's just feel good. I don't and think there, that's there was good. another study that they did three or four weeks ago that was on the same lines as the one you're talking about, Rob, with a second set of people, and they did find the masks to be effective in the spread of it. So I think initially, I think I think honestly, the government told us that because they were worried about healthcare professionals not having enough supplies. I honestly think that was done on purpose as propaganda so that people would not go out and buy masks and stay at home instead. And then when it got to the point where, okay, well, eventually either we're going to completely explode the global economy by what we're doing, we got to get people back out there. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and by the way, here's all this other evidence of these (laughs) experiments where the masks... Work. So, Mayor President, um, number one, hey, thanks, Steve, for the call. Thank we you, appreciate Steve. It. Yeah, thank you, appreciate Steve. Appreciate it, man. So there's a man, I was listening to Steve. I was listening to you, Rob, Bernie. Um, and I was trying to find a point where either I could uh, opine or, or clarify or from my position, but really a lot of good points. And I think the overwhelming theme is there are some unknowns, as you said, Rob. There's some there's some unknowns even with the mask yeah. on, on the federal yeah. level and and, and burn maybe maybe they did I don't know maybe that was the message to preserve PPE because I I can tell you what I do know we had a shortage of PPE yeah and, we, and thankful thankful to our dentistry uh, industry here mm-hmm. locally dentists like uh, Gina yeah. Maestri and 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 I, I can go down I the think list. the federal government did that on purpose I don't think local or state people did I think the federal government did that. On purpose. And I mean, obviously, that's just my opinion. I know you guys just, you know, y'all have all this information and you followed the guy. You could also see how many masks were in the storage. You know what I'm saying? We knew that was a big challenge at the beginning. That's right. And and let us never have that problem again. Is it still still a problem? I mean, are we good? Are we stocked up? No, we we are good. I check them in our hospital systems on a weekly basis or or even more as needed. Whatever, yeah. Medical task force. And that's one of the, on our agenda items every week, I ask, you know, what's the status of hospital capacity where we have ventilators where we have ppe just to check out from a from a parish standpoint um but but back to the the points that were made so there are a lot of unknowns but one thing that we do know one thing that we do know is we can control our actions we can control our actions better than the government can control our actions Mm -hmm. so we can wash our hands i know i know i'm very repetitive when i say that but these tactics work that's Mm -hmm. right wash your hands i I gotta distance yourself when you can and if you can't I am of the position based on, you know, my weekly calls with the medical task force, constant communication with Dr. Stefanski, our region four director and our medical task force leader, director. Um, I, I am convinced that this, this virus is transmitted by droplets. Mm-hmm. So when, while you may not be protecting yourself necessarily from these masks, you are protecting the community. If you, if you, if you're sneezing or if you're coughing, um, it's, it's a good, a good neighborly practice to wear that mask in, in my opinion. And again, I base my opinion based on what the, the health experts are telling me. But, but again, look, Steve, good points and another point you made is it's kind of what we were talking about earlier burn that we we have to learn here as leaders too we can't like steve said we can't shut the economy down again you just can't Can't do do that it's it it, there's too many factors involved but we but we have learned as a society and we've learned as a community how to be uh, uh, self-responsible as well joey is waiting he's online too good morning to you joey hey thanks for waiting a couple minutes hey joey good morning good morning good morning gang how are y'all hello we're well so my one observation and question would be, so all the other common transmissible things like colds, flu, everything else that we pass between each other, that should be way down right now also, right? Well, I don't know because I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but, but that's I see what, what I'm saying. Mean. I see the point. So the, the, these tests that they're giving these people that show them as being 
I don't know, at one point exposed or positive, you know, given those antibodies. Are there other things that we get on a yearly or weekly, daily basis that can cause those tests to be positive? I don't know. Very good question, though, and a question we're going to write down and ask the medical task force. I think that's yeah. who I was going to say, Dr. Stefanski's got to be on with us at 840. Oh, absolutely. So we'll write there that down for her. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> ask her that, too. Yeah, it's it, a great question. Right? That was a perfect timing question right there. Mm-hmm. The common cold is is a virus. Sure. Common cold is a virus. Mm-hmm. And if I think if you look it up, it's in the same family as it all is. the other viruses. So this Good test question. that we'll they're running that. on everybody, is it exclusive just to COVID or is it testing for something in that family? You follow me? Mm-hmm. I, we, we hear you. I'm, I'm following you anyway. like a heat-seeking missile. <laughs> but 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 you, and I say that because you're making really good points. A lot of points that that people share, and it just again it goes back to the we don't know category on a lot of this stuff. So when we don't know, we try to find out. Yep. Um, my appreciation of the situation too are as as it as as COVID nineteen is compared to the common cold and even the flu, which can also kill people. Is COVID nineteen the symptoms are a little more severe, especially when when you're talking about the breathing, the lack of breathing. So if you remember back when we first started this battle, flattening the curve was so important. Well, flattening the curve was never prevent the spread necessarily. It was to spread out the the contagion so that you that your hospital systems aren't overwhelmed, but not just to protect the hospital systems. Specifically, one of the symptoms was you cannot breathe. If you can't breathe, you need ventilators. And and in the early in this fight, we did not have a lot of ventilators. We didn't have enough ventilators to take on the entire uh, population or, or the expected population that would have this virus and specifically need ventilators. I have to give, uh, uh, we, we gave props to the state level. Props needs, also needs to go to the federal level. President Trump, you saw that play out mm-hmm. on the news, whether it's New York, New Orleans, and other areas in, in, our, in our country. I believe his team st- stepped up, him and Vice President Pence, and did a great job on getting the, the tools and, and that you need to fight this. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Jared is holding on. He wants to talk about Parks and Rec. We'll ask those questions and more when we come back. It's Lafayette Live, and you can call in at 232-1542 for your question or comment. Also have a question about tiny houses for you. So that's coming up as well. We're going to – it's a buffet today. we got questions from all over the place. Uh, we'll be back with more with Mayor President Josh Guillory after hey, this. Hey, it's Rob Kirkpatrick, and I want to tell you about a brand-new feature at KPL965.com. Listen to every hour of every day of Acadiana's Morning News. Now, you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live. But maybe you're busy. Or maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to KPL965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There, you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and industry. That's kpal965.com. Welcome back to Lafayette Live with Mayor President Josh Guillory. We're going to go back to the phones. Jared's on the phone with us now. Hey, good morning to you, Jared. Hey, Jared. Good morning. Good Good morning. I have a quick question about, I guess, parks and recreation, and specifically Arsenault Park. So, what, from my understanding, is the city of Broussard will be taking over Arsenault Park eventually. Not sure when. Not sure if it's a donation or a buy from the parish. Not real, you know, positive about that. But basically, you know, it's it's the St. Julian's way of forcing people to pay for St. Julian Park instead of using Arsenault Park for free, which 
we actually pay property tax and millages for, you know, and it's kind of frustrating because, you know, as a, a travel ball, baseball, softball coach, you know, we, we, we try to keep our costs down for our players. So we use Arsenal Park. We utilize the free parks in Lafayette Parish. And, uh, you know, with the city taking it over, it forces us now to go pay to practice at Arsenal. I mean, at uh, St. Julian Park. What, I mean, what's the theory behind it? I mean, is the parish not able to take care of them? I mean, you go there and the parish workers are sleeping under the tree, not cutting grass, not taking care of the park. You know, it's it's. You got to take a picture of that, man. Please do. Yeah, Please take a do. picture send of that, like to, seriously, because that yeah. needs to take a picture. Send it to Mayor Ooh. President's office at LafayetteLA.gov, or can they do it three one one too? Right. That's right. Yeah, three one one Lafayette.services. Take a crazy. picture of that or next time and send it. Get their license plate and uh, and and on the back of every city Lafayette uh, city consolidated government vehicle, there's a there's usually a letter and a number. Yeah. Like D Delta okay. 12, so it's Drainage Department 12, uh, or, or so, you know, just get as much information as you can, and I promise you that will be addressed <clears throat> as, as we continue to change the culture. So, but most of, we, most we, of our wonderful we, LCG employees do not do that. But anyway, right. keep going. You're making yeah. good points. With that, being, yeah, with that being said, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Arsenal's not the only one. I know Youngsville's been trying to take over Foster and, you know, the different towns those parks are in because – you know, the, the towns could do a better job keeping them up than the parish does because the parish has a lot of stuff to cover with just a few employees. Uh, is our property tax millage going to go down on parks and recreation because of those parks being donated or bought by the, the city they're actually in? All right, Jared, we're going to dive into some of your questions. Thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate it, Jared. You make, you bring up several several issues. So let's talk about kind of go backwards, the millage. So we're working on a city millage that operate, that, that services a parish. And it's been been like that for decades now. And uh, for what our department has grown to, while there's a lot of successes there, it has become unsustainable financially. So in working with our, our partners within our parish, because we are one parish, and we get a lot more accomplished when we work together as, as one parish. Our municipalities wouldn't be the same without the city of Lafayette, and the city of Lafayette surely wouldn't be the same without our wonderful five municipalities and towns within this parish. So each of our five mayors I've had some communications with, um, and they've had communications with their respective councils. I've, I've uh, spoken to, uh, in this case, a lot of our parish council members. They're, they're more boots on ground in the municipalities. Um, and there, there, is, there are serious talks about um, we can't donate the parks to them. We can either sell them, is my understanding, based on what the legal opinion is, that we either have to sell it at face value, but we can rent it. Um, and, and even, even if you lease it for a dollar for 99 years, which is the same as donating, in my opinion, um, you know, it, it would take the burden off of, of, of the city workers, off of LCG, and, uh, it would place the burden of the upkeep on these municipalities. However, the municipalities want that. They, they take pride in, and you, you touched on this in, in your comment, Jared, and I, and I appreciate it, is think about it. If it's in your backyard, you're probably going to take a lot more pride in it than if you had to travel 30 miles to maintain it. It's there's a lot of pride in our municipalities. Our, our mayors work hard. Our, our respective city councils across the parish work hard. 
They this is an initiative that four, I know four out of the five um, municipalities are interested. Karen Crow, I believe, is not interested in doing in taking this approach. The Youngsville City Council, and to my, to my understanding, the Broussard City Council has also passed resolutions authorizing their mayor to ex, to enter into these these types of leases. Uh, Youngsville is a little different. They would assume the lease with Young uh, uh, Industries as opposed to us leasing it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do I do understand the concern though that you had in regards to practice, and I appreciate your volunteering by the way in our community. We need people like you to step up. And, and lead our youth into the next next path. They're our future. This next generation. So, and I was a youth athletic coach for ten years. I, I love it. It's my it's my passion. Yeah. So, thank you for that. But in talking with our, our our my fellow mayors and city count their their respective city council members, um, one concern is the cost. So, if we donate it, we it's our intent that these parks still maintain extremely accessible to our youth athletics uh, programs and, and to the community as, as large. But after talking with each of our, our mayors that, that are interested in, in entertaining this idea, uh, there there's a lot of good things in, in the works for, for their respective communities within their municipalities. And I, I believe the Paris as a whole, look, we're one family. We get a lot, there's a lot of synergy in what we have being a consolidated government. And I'm I'm very very eager to see the future. Mm. All right, thanks, mm-hmm. Jerry. Jared, we appreciate it. But we move on to Jerry, um, and he has a question about permitting for protests. Good morning to you, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for well, calling in. First, I want to thank I just want to thank you and KPL for even having this forum to be able to discuss these issues. Thank you. And you're welcome. My question, my question, the, um, <laughs> everybody there. As I understand, the, the, the protest that went through uh, Camellia didn't require a permit because it was going to be on the sidewalk. Well, obviously, four or 500 people, that didn't work out. It, it went onto the streets both ways. The city, the police shut down both, both sides for quite a while. I mean, I, I was there on my bike, saw a lot of people frustrated not being able to get home and all that because the whole thing was shut down. And, th- and the next part of that is, why would we even allow protests to go through residential area? So that started at St. Barnabas. Behind that, you have Rivers Bend subdivision with families, houses, children. The other side of Camellia, you have Cambridge. Again, homes, families, children. Then you cross over to River Ranch, one of the largest residential developments around. And you know, again, families, houses, children. And we have so many other options. You have. You know, the other day, I think they did Johnson Street somewhere. You have the All Center. You have Hughes Market Park. We paid a fortune for that. Um, Cajun Dome, Cajun Dome Boulevard, the University, all sorts of places without even the risk of, of the, you know, protests getting out of hand. I think we've been lucky so far. We haven't had that perhaps out of town element that comes in and stirs things up. But why even have the the risk of it getting out of hand around residential properties? All right, Josh. Thanks for the call, Jerry. All right. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. And, and it's probably a lot of people that have the same question. So let's start off with this. Every American by birth has the right to protest under the First Amendment. We have a right to peacefully assemble. And there's been over 1.1 million Americans that have given their life to protect that, that freedom that we all cherish. Um, I think what you're saying is going in that when, when that where at what point does that cross the line where you need a permit? So originally the Camellia Boulevard uh, demonstration and protest was it was designed to go on the sidewalks. 
so thankful to our interim chief of police and our fire department for working so so diligently and and, and working with the organizers of the of the um, organization or the whoever's getting everybody together. And you know, I trust my commanders on ground. I trust my chief of police to make the the appropriate decisions when to take action when it's a, sometimes it's a split second. I trust my fire chief to make that same same uh, same decision on ground. So when the crowd started to get a little larger than anticipated and there was not enough room on the sidewalk because they were on the sidewalk for for the most part but whenever they did dip into camellia for the safety of the protesters and the and the safety of traffic um, our, our commanders on ground made the decision to temporarily and very and very briefly close camellia now it, it it was a little bit during peak hour so i can i can definitely understand the frustrations but um i appreciate the patience of our community and i appreciate the the uh, peaceful nature of these organizations and, and, and demonstrations. But look, part of being American is you got to sometimes you have to tolerate ideas that you don't agree with. But there's a lot of people that died for, for, for the right for us to express our ideas. And I appreciate that. Jerry, thanks for the call at 741 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. We're back with more of Lafayette Live after this. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5. KPL. High pressure sliding just off to our east this afternoon is going to allow a little bit more humidity and moisture to the region this afternoon. So we'll keep scattered showers and storms in the forecast, mainly uh, south of Interstate 10 along our coastal parishes this afternoon. Otherwise, partly cloudy with high temperatures topping out at around 90 degrees. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, lows in the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees. And then I think we stay a little bit drier as we head through your Friday. Rain chances only about 10% as highs top out in the lower 90s and then heading into saturday more of the same pretty quiet conditions highs once again at around 92 93 and then a little bit better rain chances as we head into father's day and then really as we start the upcoming work week rain chances really start to ramp up from the storm team three weather lab i'm meteorologist bradley benoit on news talk 96.5 kpel you're listening to american ground radio's morning minute earlier this week governor john bell edwards signed a bill into law that prohibits local governments from banning guns in businesses and most public buildings through ordinances that are tougher than statewide restrictions. This is really good news for Louisiana because this strengthens our gun rights. And gun rights aren't just about hunting or sport. They save the lives of thousands of Americans every year. The right to bear arms is about equal opportunity, about self-determination. They make America less violent and more secure. And that's why guns are used 2.5 million times a year in self-defense. If we've learned nothing else in 2020, it's that the government can't always protect us. We need to be able to protect ourselves. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com.
Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 748, our phone number, 232-1542. It's a good little start to a Thursday morning, a little Stevie Wonder there. Absolutely. Your questions, of course, always welcome. All right, so what are you hearing about businesses? Um, I know there's been a lot. 311 was obviously a big help. Lita has been working to guide people, one Acadiana. Sure. Um, and it just seems like more, the more and more business owners I talk to, I mean, unfortunately, we had the situation with Tsunami yesterday. Yeah. They decided they had an employee who was positive. Yeah. And made the decision out of an abundance of caution to close down and kind of regroup and make sure no customers or no one else was exposed. But I, I feel like there are a lot of people who have sort of used this time, even under the guidelines, whether it's the governor's guidelines, your own, um, to try to operate. Uh, yesterday, someone was telling us a story about Judy's Inn, and they said at the mm-hmm. height of it, it was almost like it was a civic duty to be open because you would drive past and you see activity happening where mm-hmm. it has for I don't know how many decades and there's a little bit of normalcy that comes yeah. with that. And I think that's all a lot of people want. A- absolutely. And it just goes to show you, though, that the private sector, they're very adaptive. They have the answers. They have common sense. They're, look, unlike government, the private sector, a private sector business's back is against the wall every day. Yep. Every day. So every, right. every month that they start, before they flip those light switches on, they have a certain amount just to meet overhead before they even see yeah. profit. So they're going to figure it out. That's why we have to be very careful in government not to paint with a broad brush. What works in New Orleans may not work in Lafayette. What works in the city of Lafayette may not work in the yeah. municipality of, of Doucet. You see what I'm saying? So we got to trust at the local level, not only local elected officials, but our local business owners and our, and our people. Our people are smart. So the best thing we can do as local leaders and in the media is to give facts and this COVID-19 very serious situation give as much data as we can and let people make common sense decisions mm-hmm. uh, when appropriate so that that is and, and it's very much appropriate in the private sector so mm-hmm. that, I think that's what you're seeing the owner of Tsunami made the decision to to close uh, close her business for a limited amount of time because she felt her patrons would be protected and I bet you a lot of her customers appreciate that even though you know we all love Tsunamis we're all going to go out there we're all going to miss it you know <laughs> but, but that's, that's a responsible decision yes. that we trust our local decision uh, our local business owners and and who knows when 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 they open back up they may have a even more of a surge out of appreciation you, you, you yep. never you never know this stuff but me as a local leader i don't think it's appropriate at this point to paint with a broad brush and say okay one person then you know mm-hmm. everything and you right. know what and, and that's good government yeah it's set up the infrastructure's there the framework is there get out the way you know mm-hmm. and uh, let's go to mike he's on line one hey good morning to you mike you're on with the mayor president hey how y'all doing good mike thanks for calling in Thank you so much. Uh, two questions. Number one, because of all this mess that's happening with the police department, are are you seeing uh, officers uh, just resign, go work elsewhere, or early retirement? And second of all, when are y'all going to start hiring police officers? Sure. So, no, I'm not seeing them resign. Instead, I see the brightest and bravest that our community has to offer. I'm extremely proud of our Lafayette Police Department and all of our first responders. Um, we Every vacancy that we have the opportunity to fill, we work with our chief to, to do so. Uh, we're in the budget process right now, and we're trying to make a little, it's not much, but it's a little bit of maneuvering to, to get a little more boots on ground, uh, more patrol officers as opposed to people sitting behind a desk. But, again, as far as the, the spirit of your question, I appreciate that. Um, we have the, the, you want to see the best and brightest, come see our first responders in, in Lafayette. Really good. All right, we have one more caller coming up, but I want to ask a question that was sent in on uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, and he is asking, he was watching the city parish council meetings uh, this week. I get confused as to what to call them, the city and the parish and the city parish. Anyway, there you go. Um, and he wants to ask when there's going to be permanent 
leadership at LUS. I know a lot of that was talked about. I know it was a kind of a political appointment. Who's in there right now? Is that permanent or when will we know a permanent solution? Well, you do have quality leadership at LUS right now. You, you, it's, it's being provided by an interim director, and he's doing a good job. And he's uncovering a lot of things that, quite frankly, should have been covered five, ten years ago by our consulting engineer. But we're still diving into that. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about diversity and leadership. And LUS it represents half of our budget. And I kind of like the idea of having someone that knows about business leading, leading that department of Lafayette Consolidated Government. All right. Mike is on line two. He'll be our final call for the day today. Good morning to you, Mike. You're on with the mayor president. Hi, good morning, uh, Mayor Josh. This is Mike in Kaplan. How are you? Hey, Mike, what's going Not on? Not even a constituent. How no, about no, that? no. He's, he's, the, he's the mayor. Thing. He's the mayor of Kaplan. <laughs> How are you? Listen, I just, I'm doing great. Listen, I just wanted to call and thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done throughout this coronavirus deal. Your administration has been so helpful, not only to the Lafayette area, but and most people don't realize, but to these surrounding areas, our, our smaller areas don't have the resources, don't have the funding to keep up with some of the things that we need to keep up with. And your administration has been so helpful, and we appreciate you. Wow, Mike. That's really all I have to say. Well, first, it's it's always good to hear from you. I I appreciate that, and I appreciate your leadership over in Kaplan, and and thank you for those kind words, and thank you to our administration. But it goes to show you whether it's drainage, uh, fighting a a public health emergency, or or economically, we are just stronger together as a region, and you're starting to see that in our Lafayette delegation, in our Acadiana delegation in Baton Rouge. You're starting to see that in our Louisiana delegation in Washington, and it's, it's good to have Mike and other mayors and and, uh, and parish presidents come together and say, look, there's so much more that we have in common than we have that separates us. So um, thank you for those kind words, and, and it truly is an honor to serve with you. And, Mike, call us again sometimes. We want to hear what's going on in the Kaplan yes, one day. Yes, love so, to right? know, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, uh, and Josh is so right. It, there's such a close knit of, of the mayors. I, I work so close with the mayor in Abbeville, Rain, uh, all, all over. It, it's really uh, Maurice. It's it's really a, a, a fun deal. Uh, it's an exciting time for this area, and I think uh, working together, we can really grow this area to what it needs to be. All right. Thanks Amen. so much. So for thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Got to leave it there. Uh-huh. Another great show. Of course, we take your calls all week long. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was a question we didn't get to on air about tiny houses in the parish. We have passed it on to Mr. Angel, uh, who will work on getting an answer on zoning for those as well. But always news at kpel965.com. If you ever have anything, we'll get up to 90 degrees today, showers this afternoon, tropics are quiet, and mm. we'll take it. Thank you, Josh. For now. <laughs> All right, 755 <laughs> now at News Talk 96.5 KPL back. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. He slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. He's very critical of his former boss. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. John Bolton has a lot of bad things to say about President Trump in his new book. And on TV, the White House is pushing back. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany just told Fox. John Bolton has discredited himself. In his book, the ex-national security advisor writes, the president doesn't know basic facts. Asked if Finland is part of Russia and claims the president went beyond demanding favors from Ukraine for aid, asking China for help in his re-election and giving favors to dictators he likes. Fox's John Decker is live in Washington. In an interview with ABC News, John Bolton claims President Trump is only concerned about President Trump. 
I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's re-election. The president on Hannity last night called his former national security advisor a liar. The Justice Department has asked a federal judge in Washington for a preliminary injunction to block the sale of the book. Simon & Schuster, the book's publisher, said the injunction request will accomplish nothing. Dave? Well, John, the president has reacted also to what happened in Atlanta, telling Fox it's very sad. You can't resist a police officer, and, you know, if you have a disagreement, you have to take it up after the fact. And the president hopes the officer who shot Rayshard Brooks gets a fair trial. Garrett Rolfe was charged with murder, another officer charged with aggravated assault. Brooks' family attorney, Chris Stewart. Nobody's happy, nobody's celebrating, because this never should have happened. We shouldn't have to celebrate as African-Americans when we get a piece of justice. Another one and a half million people filed new jobless claims last week. Unemployment has spiked in this corona-caused recession, but filings are way down from the peak in late March. On Wall Street, Dow futures are down more than 200 points. Ask your Amazon smart speaker to play the news from Fox. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Two years ago, one of our biggest stories was the U.S. trying to work out a nuclear deal with North Korea. Days after President Trump's summit with Kim Jong-un. But that effort has stalled and things have gotten very tense at the Korean border this week. So South Korea's top nuclear negotiator will hold talks in Washington as tensions continue to rise on the Korean peninsula. The meeting will reportedly take place with top U.S. officials, including National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. South Korea's foreign ministry released a statement saying the purpose of this unannounced trip is to assess the situation and discuss responses. Earlier this week, North Korea blew up its liaison on office on their side of the border, warning of total catastrophe between the two sides. All of this in response to North Korean defectors and activists sending propaganda over the border using balloons. That's Fox's Trey Yingst. With coronavirus cases spiking up in some states, hitting new highs in like Florida and Texas, the CDC is giving us updated guidance to wear a cloth mask in public, bring sanitizer, and also tissues for when you open doors and touch surfaces. You may not be familiar with her, but she was a star back in the 1940s. British singer Vera Lynn buoyed the spirits of Allied troops and the folks back home with her uplifting recordings during World War II. We meet again. Don't know where. Don't know where. Lynn also toured with England's Entertainment National Services, the equivalent of USO tours, entertaining soldiers in India, Egypt, and Burma. Becoming so popular with the troops, they dubbed her the Force's Sweetheart. 
She promoted veterans' causes and later established a fund for victims of cerebral palsy. That's Fox's Jack Callahan. Vera Lynn was 103 years old. Another death, Jean Kennedy Smith. She was 92, a former ambassador to Ireland, best remembered as former President John F. Kennedy's last surviving sibling. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on News Talk 96.5 Cape Hill. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie John said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house was some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now, most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the band plays. 
State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation. There's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the, the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant and bar. Browning says the state fire marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, but the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple of days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, that they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that, and if others will do that, I, I think we would have a lot more compliance, and, and then we, people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards, who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt